You're listening to How She Creates, Season 2, Episode 4. Today I'm talking to Amy Ballard about street photography. Amy and I share about the online dating app for creatives that we met on. She tells us all of her best tips for taking beautiful pictures of your real life. And there's a bonus cameo of the cutest Ballard. So listen all the way to the end to have your heart melted. Welcome to How She Creates. I'm your creative fairy godmother, Lauren. I'm here to take you behind the scenes with all your favorite makers to learn how they create. We'll discuss what it means to live a creative lifestyle, the best resources and tools for making, where to find inspiration, and so much more. I hope these conversations encourage you to make more stuff and share it with the world so we can all see how you create. How She Creates is sponsored by Get Messy Art Journal. Get Messy is an art journal membership community that shares tutorials, inspirations, prompts, challenges, and more each week. Get Messy's goal is to help you nurture your creativity, become the artist you desire to be, and find your creative community. When you sign up for Get Messy's mailing list, you get access to three free classes. One on how to find your creative style, introduction to Art Journal 101, and Art Journal 102, Elevate Your Art Journaling. Get Messy has an amazing community of artists who are waiting to welcome and support you in your art journey. Learn more and sign up for Get Messy in their awesome newsletter at getmessyartjournal.com. Thank you guys so much for joining me for another episode of How She Creates. I know that I say this every week, but this week I promise is truly one of my favorite episodes because I get to introduce you to my real life friend, Amy Ballard of Amy B Photography. Amy and I met in Korea and we're going to tell you that whole story when we start talking. Um, But I just love being able to elevate the everyday women that we truly know in our lives who are so kind and so smart and who are doing such amazing things and they just really deserve to be celebrated and so I'm really excited to introduce you to Amy today. She has a lot of really great fun wisdom for us and some beautiful photos to show you guys so you're going to make sure you're going to want to make sure that you check out the show notes, which are at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. You can get all the show notes and listen and see all of the past episodes and guests and artists there. And you can find Amy at amybphotography.com and on Instagram at amybphotography. Um, her page is really fun, so you're definitely going to want to go check it out and see all the beautiful images that she has there to share. So Amy is a photographer who lives in Germany. Germany with her husband and her four adorable children and she is here today to share all of her wisdom with us about street photography and if you know anything about me you know that travel is one of my very favorite things and so I just love learning about how to get better at taking pictures really quickly on the go of the way that I see and experience the world around me and so we've got a fun challenge for you at the end to help you get out into the world and capturing photos of it So make sure you listen all the way through. Thank you guys so much for being here. And again, you can grab those show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. And I would really love it if you took a few moments today to go to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the show so that more people can find out about it. If you're listening through the normal podcast app that comes with um, your normal iPhone, it's super easy. You can review and rate the show just in that app. So I would love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much and enjoy the episode today. 
All right, Amy, I just don't think the world is ready for what's about to happen. Oh, dear. <laughs> this is going to be one of my favorite conversations <laughs> of all time. <laughs> you're just my favorite person. Oh, my gosh. All right, so, Amy, let's tell the world who you are and how we met because we met on an online dating app <laughs> for creative professionals. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I had been following you for some time and I didn't really pay attention to the fact that you lived in Korea because I didn't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And then we were moving to Korea and the first time I stepped out into the nearest city uh, for where our house was, I recognized that you were also posting things in Itaewon. And I was like, wait a second, Lauren lives here or what's the deal? So I think I messaged you and said, asked you if you lived there or if you were just traveling through and we got to chatting and then we decided to meet each other, which is bananas because I've never met anyone on the internet before. I don't think. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. I think you were my first person. Oh, yes. Yep. And I was so nervous you were going to murder me and we both decided to, I think, meet at um, that Mexican restaurant so we could be safe in public and like well lit and, you know, in case anything went south. And also for good photos. Right. That, because that, that window light was amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah. And then you didn't kill, kill me and I didn't kill you. And so now look at us. It's, and everybody thinks we're sisters when they see us. So it's amazing. That is true. Yeah. And so Amy and I hung out the whole time we lived in Korea. And then in like two weeks, I'm going to visit Amy in Germany. Amazing. I know. Okay. So now rewind and tell us who you are. Like give us your like one minute bio. Okay. Um, well, obviously I'm Amy. My husband is in the military and so we are, um, moved all over the world and we have four beautiful children that I homeschool. And, um, I will tell you in my creative story, but I've wanted to be a photographer my whole life. So I am doing a little bit of that here and there. And yeah, I just like to spread myself too thin all the time with many, many things. Yep. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so go ahead and tell us your creative story. Well, I think it started, I mean, my my dad is very creative and my mom is as well, but they're both creative in different areas. My dad was a photographer. I don't know, he never did necessarily, you know, professional photography, but he, it was definitely a hobby that he loved and he is just drawing and writing anything you can think of is his creative uh outlet and i think that definitely rubbed off on me and my mom is just really good with craft projects and scrapbooking and you know sewing any anything like that so i feel like they covered the gamut as far as it goes so i remember when i was about 7 somebody gave me one of those amazing 110 cameras the that like the pictures didn't line up do you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. it yep. was sideways and it was hot pink and if you looked at it, your pictures were always just slightly askew or cutting people off. And so I got that camera and around that same time, my grandpa showed me his, um, national geographic magazine collection that went all the way back to, I don't know, the, maybe the forties when he first got his his gorgeous yellow spines for days. And I loved it. So I knew when I was very young that I wanted to be a National Geographic photographer and I wanted to travel the world and I didn't want to have a house. I just wanted to have a PO box and a storage unit and I wanted to live everywhere. And I just always wanted that. And then well, you are pretty close to that. I know. And I didn't think it was going to happen there for a while, but 
Um, and now with my husband's job and we're traveling all over the world and thankfully he has an adventurous spirit and we've forced it upon our kids. So yeah, I pretty much get to do that. So other, otherwise, um, I dabbled here and there in some other crafty things, scrapbooking and, um, I don't know, just memory keeping in general, I think is what it always was, but that involved papers and scissors and pretty things sometimes. But even, I mean, silly stuff like I would cut my Barbie's hair because I wanted it to be a different way. Or like my, one of the very first photographs I ever took, we were at the zoo and I didn't like how my dad was taking the picture of the elephant. And so he was like, fine, you take it and handed me his very expensive camera to take a picture of an elephant. And he still has that thing. Uh, printed huge at kind of as a reminder of like where it all began, I guess. So yeah, my creative story is still continuing, but I feel like it just gets richer with every place I travel and every new person that I meet and, you know, client that I photograph. So I just really enjoy keeping it uh, in the process still. Yeah, and Amy has actually photographed my husband and I, and so I love your work. And so photography and scrapbooking are definitely what we bonded over when we first met. Um, so we're going to talk a lot more about those, um, and we're going to talk more specifically about um, like street photography. Okay. Um, but can you tell us how you got into photography, like how you learned your technical skills? Because you know, you are a professional photographer, but this conversation is more about like street photography that everyone can do. So tell us kind of like what level you're at and what your training and skills are. And then we'll talk about how we can translate that to everyone every day. Sounds good. I still cringe when people call me a professional photographer only because I feel like I just don't earn, I just don't, I have never earned that title. I don't know how to explain it, but it still feels kind of funny to me. I, I just more think of myself as somebody who really enjoys taking pictures of every aspect of life. So as far as technical um, aspects of it, I did, um, when I was in uh, middle school and high school, I did take photography classes. I guess it was more high school than middle school, but yearbook, you know, photography, anything that I could get my hands on as far as just taking pictures. I always loved it. And, um, when I got into community college, I have not finished my degree, but when I got into community college, I took every photography class that my, uh, school would offer. And then that's probably why I didn't get my degrees. Cause I was like, well, forget science. I got more pictures to take. But, um, also my, my, um, professor or instructor, I guess he, um, he would host these, photography expeditions where he would take the, you know, 10 students to different places around the world. And we would do hands-on, um, just photography expeditions. We would spend two weeks together somewhere in the world. Um, and I, my, the two places or the two trips that I went on, we were in Costa Rica for both of them. And, um, both, both trips were different locations. So it was a completely new experience each time. But um, we would just wander around together and take pictures of people in the streets. We would do night photography. We would just, you know, stretch ourselves, you know, portraits, landscapes, whatever we could, we, whatever scenarios we got in, that was what we were photographing. And he would give us tips and advice. And at the end of the trip, we would all develop our film because, you know, I'm such an old person. And we would develop our film and get back together a couple weeks later. And we would share our photos with one another um, and kind of, 
you know, applaud each other and critique each other here and there and talk about what we wish we could have done versus what we actually did. And it was really great because I felt like I was around a bunch of people who were just wanting to tell stories and take pictures like me. And, um, we were all kind of just growing together and, and helping each other out, kind of pushing each other along. So technically speaking, I wouldn't say I've had a ton of, um, uh, experience, but I do think that learning photography from the film aspect of it, um, I don't know. I feel like it, there, it helps you understand your digital cameras now because when you know what film speeds are, you know how ISO translates into your digital camera. And um, I think you just have a deeper understanding of photography in general when you have studied it from the film, you know, from the foundations of it. So, yeah, uh, yeah, the, I definitely think as I, you know, try and go deeper into photography, I know that I, I am missing that key piece of like truly the true understanding of how my camera really works. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have any tips for people like me who are trying to learn more about our <laughs> I think just trying to mess with it in general. I, I, I say this all the time, but I don't think that you can really break it um, necessarily unless you're throwing it at the ground to try and see what it can do. I'm, and I'm not 100% money back guaranteeing this, so don't be sending me the bills for your broken cameras. But um, I don't think that you can break it. You can you can test around and mess with it and see what does this do and what happens if I change this and you know thankfully there's YouTube and you can Google you can literally Google um, how to you know uh, adjust such and such on my camera and you'll come up with tons of tutorials. So whether it be in your camera or even in Photoshop and Lightroom, if that's what you're using, whatever, whatever you're using, you, I don't think you can break it. So it does not hurt to just mess around and see what happens. And another thing, especially for people who are, um, getting the hang of their cameras, I, it feels really clunky at first and also really frustrating, but just putting your camera in manual mode as best as you can. I know not all cameras have full manual modes, but putting them as best as you can into the way that allows you to um, set up your photos how you want them. So whether that be white balance, a lot of people feel comfortable staying in auto white balance, but when you can see the difference between a manual white balance setting, so the colors of your photo changing um, from warmer temperatures to cooler temperatures, when you realize that you can you can control that and you can change how your images look. Um, it's really inspiring, I guess, because then you realize this whole time you've been looking at images one way, but now that you have this new tool or skill under your belt, you can go at your photos from a completely different standpoint and you can just really have that much more control over what you're doing. So just putting it in manual, messing around and just constantly practicing, um, I, I look like a tourist all the time. I know I live in Europe, but I, even when I was in Korea or in the States, I, I wear my camera like a necklace, like an accessory. And I take pictures of everything all the time. And some people think it's crazy and that's fine. And maybe that's not the best advice that every professional photographer would give, but, um, I just practice a lot and I take pictures of a lot of things around me and it's just kind of a trial and error, what works and what doesn't for me. So Yeah, I completely agree. The one time that I feel like I got really comfortable using my camera in manual was we were riding the train through Russia and we were on the train for three days, no internet, no technology. I mean, this is train in Russia is exactly what you picture it as in your mind. 
Um, and so I just took my camera and I was like, I'm just going to sit here and take pictures of this wall until I figure out how to do it. Um, and it was like that immersive experience was the best that I know that I have used my camera. Yeah. Another thing that I suggest too is finding people that you look up to, um, that are photographers and not even necessarily professional, just maybe you have friends that you think have a great eye, but for myself, we, we plan family photos at least once a year. And sometimes we do couple photos. There was one time that was a photographer that I really admired and he didn't do families. He only did couples. And so I asked my husband if that could be my Christmas present, even though, you know, we have all these kids, we just wanted pictures of ourselves. And, um, it was so, um, enriching and educational to me to be it always is, not just that one time, but with every photographer that we book, to be on the other side of the camera and see how other people do things. Um, and thankfully, most of the photographers that we've hired um, have allowed me to ask questions during the session and have conversations with them, with them about how they do things. And I feel like I have learned so much from them in those sessions. And while I'm paying to have professional pictures done, I'm, it's just such an educational experience for me as well. So, you know, talking to people that you really admire in that field and, um, either forming a relationship with them to, you know, learn more and ask, you know, asking them to kind of to be your mentor or just hiring them flat out and seeing how they operate as a professional. So, and that's why I'm talking to you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, if you're, if you haven't looked at Amy's page or you don't follow her, Amy takes the most beautiful photos, um, of just kind of everyday life of street scenes, you know, like she was saying, she's got four adorable children that she's always taking pictures of, but she's also traveling and, and, and taking a very wide range of from family portraits all the way to just street scenes from Asia, you know? Um, so what skills do you feel like you need to take good photos just out on the street when you're just walking around? Um, I really think that you need to have an awareness of what's going on around you. Um, I, I feel, well, there's a couple things. I think that's one thing though, is just, um, being in the moment of course, but also recognizing just the sounds and smells and activity that's going on, going on around you, the colors. I really feel like, um, paying attention to those details and just looking for, I guess, things to be thankful for, things that are just beautiful, brightly colors. Um, I just took a picture the other day and this lady at the grocery store laughed at me because I raised my camera up really high over the vegetable section, but there was all these tomatoes that were all different colors and they were arranged in blue boxes. And then there was like all these mini cucumbers everywhere too. So it was, you know, like a rainbow of colors and it was so gorgeous and the lines of all the boxes and everything was just beautiful. So I took a picture of it and I loved it. And it's just, I think seeing what's happening around you, seeing the details that are around you, the shapes, the colors, even the emotions, the people, um, I can think of some of my favorite pictures that I've taken when I was traveling through Europe. I love to go into the cathedrals, um, cause they're all different, even though, you know, some people say that they're kind of all the same. They're, they're so different and they have such different stories, each one of them. But one of my favorite pictures in a cathedral is not of the cathedral, but there was a man that was just having a breakdown next to, um, like in a little alcove off to the side next to a cross. And he was just bawling and grabbing this cross and saying, I don't even know what, but 
he was having a time. And I mean, it made me cry, first of all, but then second, I really wanted to capture that moment. I didn't want to be disrespectful, but I wanted to capture that moment because to me in a church, when I'm, if I'm thinking about what's going on there, you know, so many people come in with hurts or joys or, you know, there's weddings, there's baptisms, there's funerals. There's so many things that go on in that one building, which creates so much, so many of the stories in our lives. So for me to see this man there, um, who even knows what he's going through, but it was such an emotional moment. And I think if I was just focusing on, I don't know, one aspect of the building, I would have missed that completely. But to walk into a place or to be anywhere and just think, just open yourself up to everything that's going on around you. That sounds so hippie, but do you know what I mean? Like just being aware of, of everything around you, colors, sights and smells. And I think most importantly of all of that is, especially with street photography is, I don't know, sometimes when you think about street photography, people think of, um, just, pictures of strangers on the streets, like kind of a humans of New York style thing or, um, yeah, just different situations like that. So I think in street photography or in, you know, cityscapes, all of these things, there's bound to be people in your photos, having just a love for the people around you, whether you know them or not, just that everybody has a story and everybody's story is unique and everybody, you know, is going through something that day or, there's just something, a, a mystery to everyone around you. And having that love for people just opens up so many doors for what you can, um, I guess, bring up in your photographs when you connect with people. And when you see those things, those little details to be thankful for, it really helps add to the images that you are photographing. So. Oh, I love that so much. That is, that has been a running theme on the podcast. You know, Brandy Kincaid talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. You know, she uses snippets of conversations, um, things she observes, you know, on her bus ride in her artwork, you know, and she just keeps a notebook of that and she's just aware of her surroundings. And I think that is a fantastic challenge that I've been working on, trying to work on is just being more aware and being more present when I'm, you know, out in public, which brings me to my next question is how are you not so awkward? Because that is why I'm so disconnected. (laughs) So uncomfortable. First of all, I'm totally awkward. I am a mess. I bang my camera on things. I drop things. I sometimes I take pictures of people and I'm not necessarily trying to be stealthy. I will totally, you know, tell them I took a photo of you or is it okay? I usually try in whatever language to make that happen, but, um, I'm super awkward and I just own it. I don't even, I don't even care The occasionally if I feel, um, I don't know, out of place or I'm in a weird mood or maybe I'm just getting a vibe from somebody. I might hold my camera down low and just point in the direction of what I'm hoping to photograph and, you know, press the shutter and hope that it focuses correctly and all of these things. And sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes I get some of my absolute favorite photos. Um, I can think of a photo of my son, they, two of my sons, one of them, my big one was hugging my littlest one. And, um, I didn't want to put my camera to my eye because I just felt like it would ruin the moment. So I held my camera up in front of me and just pointed and took the picture. And it is such a beautiful photo. And so, just raw of the two of them. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't planned. It was very stealthy, but I, I, yeah, I'm totally awkward. So I think the other thing too, about, um, 
being awkward and in public is, like I said, not caring, is also just doing it. Like I told you, I always look like a tourist and I don't care. I just, I, I use a, um, I don't want to like be a promotion person, but I use black rapid straps and um, I really enjoy them because they're cross body and you can pull your camera up to um, take a photo <laughs> very quickly. It's got this like mechanism where you... Um, don't get caught up all on yourself and it's not just around your neck. It's like a sliding mechanism um, So I can always have my camera come up to my face, you know, very quickly and um, I use that that helps me look less awkward um, But just owning it. I just don't even care. I just do it I know I'm not gonna see these people again who think I'm crazy, but I still am gonna have that photo that I took so well, I will say from knowing you in person that you are so happy and so kind and so fun and funny that I think that if you came, like as a stranger, if you came up to me and you're like, I just took your picture, <laughs> totally okay with it because you are so kind about it and you are so like genuine and warming to people. So I think that oh goes gosh. a long way in people not like freaking out on you. I have been scolded, but um, I, I, I mean, I'm not bitter about it. I'll remember her face forever, but whatever. Um, but it's not that often that people scold. Sometimes people can be very upset and I understand, but most of the time they're very friendly. And especially if you talk to them, they're, they, they don't mind. So. And so how are you getting these shots? Are you standing still for a really long time? Are you just snapping on the go? Are you like really setting up your shots? I, uh, I do not set up my shots. It, it's, it's rare, I should say. Occasionally, I will set up my shots. But for the most part, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it on the go, but I also don't linger a ton. I just, it's, it's hard because... Sometimes people look at photographers and think, oh, they're not in the moment. They're just trying to get the best shot. But that is really not, I really don't feel like that is how I go about it. I, I really want to be in the moment and bonus if I can take a picture. So generally when I'm taking my shots, it's something that I'm genuinely um, curious about or engaged in or loving at the moment. And I just very quickly pull my camera up and do what I can. Now there have been times where something has happened that I thought was amazing. It's mostly with my family. And I'm like, um, we have to re recreate that immediately. And they laugh and roll their eyes and, you know, kind of hate it, I'm sure, but they'll allow me to recreate some of those things. But yeah, I'm just trying, um, be in, exactly whatever we're doing and just kind of snag a quick photo of it. And sometimes they're blurry and sometimes they're perfect and I love them, but either way, they're still telling our story. So do you follow, um, Mari Andrews? She's a, um, illustrator, doodler. Uh, is that her name on Instagram? Yeah, I think it's Mari Andrews. My goal is to have her on the podcast this year. So yes. I've actually talked to her about it. She's like, she's awesome. Anyway, awesome. I'm going to link to this. So she did, she, she did like a, she does these daily life doodles and they're always like very poignant and very funny. Um, and very like heartfelt. And she drew one that was vacation photo bingo. And it was like, you know, where I stand picture of like a cute cocktail picture of you in front of like a colorful wall. Aww. Um, you know, and it was hilarious. And I was like, this is my vacation goals everywhere I go. I want all of these pictures. Oh, I um, see her. I'm looking her up right now because I yeah, to know what you're talking about. She's totally awesome. So if, if yeah. you can't find that one, I'll, I'll send you that one specifically. But what are some other things besides our general, like where I stand, you know, the cute cocktail picture? What, what are some 
things that you take pictures of that you love that aren't necessarily what people would expect? Um, let me think about that. When, well, so last weekend we went to a tiny city. Um, we wanted to get out of the house and it was a beautiful day. And so I had heard people talking about the city and we had not been, um, even though it's very close to where we live. Um, and so we just hopped in the car and went. And as we were wandering around, it was kind of a rainy day, but some of the things that I find I'm constantly taking pictures of are those details. Like I said, I always take, well, that's not true. I generally try to take a picture of the entire scene. So for example, in this little village that we were walking through, a tiny German village called Idstein, we, um, it was a lot of old houses. There was a castle. There was this Rapunzel tower that you could climb. And so I was trying to take a picture of the entire scene, but then narrow it down to the specifics because that's where I feel like it really tells the story. So generally, if you look on my blog or at any of a collect, at any collections of my photos, you'll see some that are, you know, like a, a panoramic or a landscape of the entire scene. But more so than that, you will see details like, for example, as walking through this town, I took some pictures of um, the shutters with the chipping beautiful colors of paint. They were like blue and yellow and red all on one shutter, but the paint was chipping off and it was next to like this dilapidated cement and that the texture and the colors in that, in that, um, just piece of earth were so beautiful to me. So I took a picture of that and then a flower box. And then there was a little man in a cafe having ice cream and all of these different things caught my attention because they were telling the story of the city that I was in. So whenever I am going out and I have my camera and I think, you know, this photography adventure that I'm going on today, it's always about trying to hold on to that experience and remember how I felt when I was there and the things that I heard and smelled. Um, there was the church bells were going off. So I took some pictures obviously of the bells, but then more so when we got to the closer, um, to the front of the church, I took pictures specifically of the handles of the doors of the church. Um, because it, it is how I felt like I was there, I guess. So just the details, but also the, the wider scope to kind of marry them together and, um, really tell the story of how that day went down or how that adventure felt and how I can remember it. Did that uh, answer your question? I don't know oh if my I, gosh. it was so perfect. I like okay. felt like I was there in the moment with you and that's oh, you know, and when you were saying like, you know, I could hear the church bells and, and, and I always have those moments where I'm like this moment, you know, I want to remember this moment, but, but how do I do that with a photo? I can't take a picture of the sound and, yeah. you know, to shoot up at the church bells is it's like a weird shot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those little details that bring you back to that moment mm -hmm. that, you know, those are what we look for. Those are important. Yeah. Um, now I think it's important to remember that when you're on all of these photography adventures, you have four children in tow. Yes. Yes. Um, so what, what are you doing with your kids while you're taking these pictures and how are you getting them into your pictures and, and how are you getting all of these beautiful candid shots of them? <laughs> Well, um, I don't, it is pretty rare. I do it. And, um, I guess in the ratio of photos that I take, it's pretty rare that I actually ask them to stand and pose for a photo. Of course, there's some that I want for the grandparents or just for like a family photo. So we'll do those. But generally I, they just are used to me taking pictures of them all the time and they know not to look at me. And it's funny because when I go to take pictures of other people's kids, if we have anybody traveling with us or, um, you know, joining us on an adventure, 
their kids will, the second I put my camera to my eye, their kids will like freeze and give me that really awkward smile. Like, I don't know what to do with my hands, (laughs) but my kids are just like, don't even care. And you know, it, they're so used to it. So I think just kind of setting that standard that, no, I don't, don't look at me. I want you to just continue what you're doing. They know that now. Um, and they've been trained to do that. But if your kids are not, I think it's just kind of, you know, leading them to that point that you don't have to look at me. I just want to take a picture of what you're doing. Don't worry about it. Just keep doing what you're doing and just getting them used to that. So, um, getting them in the photos. I, when we wander, when we go on our adventures, we just, um, I kind of follow them around and we, we look, we get somewhere. Um, for example, this last weekend, we get somewhere, we park our car and we start wandering and, you know, we, we say, what do you guys want to go see? And we'll head down to, you know, whatever they want to look at. And sometimes I go places just because they're asking to, and it's really, you know, stupid for me. It's not, it's not interesting in any way, but they're having a blast. So we, we do that. And then, you know, I say, Hey guys, can we go look at this? And we wander over to this specific section. But as we're wandering, I'm always, you know, like I said, being aware of what's going on around us. So when we were wandering last weekend, there was, um, a way to get to this Rapunzel tower that was going through a tunnel. And so I knew that I wanted to take a silhouette of them running through this tunnel. Um, so I hung back while they ran ahead. And then I just picked up my camera very fast and took a picture of them running through this tunnel. And it's not, they're not, you know, perfectly posed or anything, but it definitely, showed their activity of being excited to go see what was next. It showed the city because we're going through this tunnel and it was, a, it was definitely a, a standout um, feature of the city. And it just kind of showed the activity of how we work as a family that, you know, we're searching for new things. So even though it's just a photo of my kids running through a tunnel, to me, it has so much more meaning and maybe nobody else will ever see that. And that's okay. But it has so much more meaning than that because it really is telling the story of us and of where we were that day. So I think incorporating my kids into the photos is just keeping it real, I guess, keeping it how um, how we see it. And it's funny because when I do try and force something that I have in mind that I want to take a photo of, I get so frustrated either with them because they're not, they don't see my inside my brain and this <laughs> vision that I have and come on guys, why can't you get it? But also because I can't make what I want to happen because they're four little individuals with their own personalities. But if I take the time to capture their own personalities within the photo, it's obviously way more authentic, but also I end up loving it so much more. And it's not, I don't have a bad memory looking at it thinking I forced them to do this. It is all them. And it's all about exactly who we are and what we were doing. So I think the key is just not not forcing it, just allowing it to happen and, you know, kind of creating situations where you know you want to be versus where they're going to be and capturing it. That is so smart. I think that is um, a good life lesson for all of us with um, Instagram husbands. (laughs) (laughs) You need a little support with the vision finding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I should have asked this at the beginning. So you're not shooting with your iPhone. You're what's the word um you're more often than not shooting with my big camera yes what is your camera so i use a nikon d800 but it's broken right now so um i don't cry myself to sleep every night or anything but um it is it is working but it 
spazzes out and gets locked down and then I can't take any photos with it for a little while. So um, I am not one to say that you have to have the nicest camera to take pictures. Realistically, it does help. Um, every time I've upgraded my camera over the years, I see how much better the image qualities are with the higher end cameras. But, you know, I can only justify that because I am, you know, running a business. Otherwise, I don't think I would be able to have something like that in my toolbox. Um, that being said, I just recently got the iPhone 7 Plus. Ooh. I know it's magnificent. Um, and it has the portrait mode on it. And so I've been, um, comparing that with my, uh, camera that's broken. Um, and I have taken, I have gotten some amazing images with that iPhone. Um, and I, again, not saying that you have to have the best gear, but there is hope because even some of my favorite photos were taken with the chintziest little digital cameras. And it's more so, like I said, about telling that story and even looking uh, around you and being aware. You, you remember when Lauren, uh, you guys don't know this, but Lauren and I took this selfie and um, we were trying to look for the good light. And there was this one window near the restaurant that we were at that we we situated ourselves in front of because I knew that the light would be pleasing on our faces. And um, I think it's just kind of looking for that light and using what you have around you to be able to make your photos work. And um, you can't always get what you want if you're, you know, not using necessarily professional equipment, but it doesn't, it doesn't always matter. There's beautiful images that come out of, you know, iPhones and cheap digital cameras, even expired film, all of those things. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Do you have a, um, starter digital camera that you would recommend? Oh, that's a tough one. I, I, if someone comes to me and asks me what kind of camera they can get for X amount of dollars, um, I generally just go and check out, there's a website that I always use called dpreview.com. Um, and you can search any camera that's on the market on there and see what, what the professionals are saying. They go through and they review all of these cameras, every aspect of these cameras. Um, so that's where I'm looking when I'm going to research a camera that I want to buy. But I generally tend to look towards, I, I shoot Nikon and I'm not saying Nikon is like the, you know, the best out there and the only thing that people can shoot with, but it is what I prefer. Um, but sometimes there are Canon cameras that I, um, will find in, you know, my searches through DP review and, and suggest for people to buy. So yeah, I, there's not one camera specifically that I'm, that I'm go to on. It's usually just, you know, it's always changing and there's always so many new things that have come out since then. So, well, that website is a great resource. We'll make sure we yeah. link that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, okay. So the most important question is what are you doing with all these pictures after you've <laughs> taken them? So that's a hard one because it is very time consuming to, um, do something with your photos. So I think the first thing that I want to say is if you don't know what to do with your photos, just print them, just get them printed for, even if it's just four by sixes, just print them because then at least you have, I, I think about, you know, the boxes of memories that we have from my great grandparents and my grandparents, just boxes of slides and photos that we can touch with our hands and, you know, take somewhere to have them printed. But now with all of these places that we can store our memories, 
we can have 12,000 photos on our phone that no one will ever know about. I think I, I told my husband and I set this up with my, my close friend that if I die, can you please go through all the digital archives that I have? Like go to my hard drive and show my husband where all of our lives are kept. Um, and she knows this. I, I kind of want to write it in my will. Um, but we have all of these places that we can store photos and it's not easily accessible for the people that love us. Um, I, I keep my photos archived by year and then folders within that by month. And then within that month, events that happened and um, just random photos. But it would be hard for my family to go through and try and find images. It wouldn't be the same as sitting down at a box and leafing through printed photos. So um, just print them to, to do anything. But my favorite way to keep them is photo books. Um, because I want to be a good steward of the money that we have. I generally go to Shutterfly. Um, they, I never pay full price, but I love getting the, the Shutterfly photo books um, with their coupons that they have. And just having those stories that my kids um, can, we keep them out. I think you saw them when you came to my house. Um, that we keep them out so the kids can flip through them at any time. So guests can come, family members, whoever. And if they're ruined, I can always order another one. Um, so I love that we have that ability with um, Snapfish, Shutterfly, all of these things. I also love to print from Canvas On Demand. Um, I have tried many Canvas companies, and I don't want to name them and knock them, but Canvas On Demand is my favorite. And they also have amazing deals. Um, sometimes they have like 80% off of their canvases, and they're really nice. Um, so I print those to hang around our house and give as gifts. And then I also keep on our TV in our living room, an Apple TV slideshow that's linked with my computer and I add photos to it all the time. So, um, we can be listening to music or if we're watching a movie and we pause it, that slideshow pops up and we just get to relive those memories and those beautiful moments all over again. And then when people come to our house, they see the pictures scrolling through and it just creates this wonderful time of storytelling and, you know, reconnecting over different things. So, yes. And let's talk about that for one brief second, because I've had a lot of people make comments like, wow, like you got a lot of pictures of yourself or like, what are you going to do with all these pictures of just you? Mm -hmm. But every time people come to our house and they see all of the photos of our travels and our friends and, and these things on our walls, they always ask, they want to know the stories. We get to like, like you just said, connect over those memories and bring each other into those moments of our lives. And, and so I do not think that is narcissistic you know, or egotistical for you to have pictures of yourself mm -hmm. showing in your home. So I agree. I love that. You I said agree. That. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes feels weird. I accidentally made a collage in my daughter's room, um, of all these canvases. I was ordering them when they were on sale. So I was ordering them one at the time. And because I lived in Korea, shipping took forever. So I, I didn't recognize till I got them all on the wall, um, that I had ordered four photos of my daughter, all of them, she's looking over her left shoulder. I, I'm not sure how that happened. Um, and all of them, her eyes are like downcast. So one of them, she's with a horse. One of them, she's in a flower field. One of them, I don't, I don't know. They're all different, but they all were exactly the same. And I hung them up and she said, mama, why do I have four photos of me doing the same thing in different places <laughs> in my bedroom? Doesn't that seem weird? And that did, that was weird. So we, we broke it up and we changed it around, but, um, yeah, it's you just have to print them. You have to pull them out. You're never gonna look like what you did that day. You're never gonna be in that place again. Maybe, maybe you will, but 
those moments are so fleeting. And I don't think, like you said, I don't think there's anything wrong with printing it. It's not about you. It's about these memories that you're sharing with your family and these memories that you get to live in again a little while longer. So I love it. And I will just say that Amy is a fellow scrapbook supply mm-hmm. hoarder with me. Mm-hmm. So, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shameful thing. Yep. <laughs> um, Okay, so now I've got my three standard questions that I ask at the end. Um, So what does living and creative lifestyle look like for you? Um, I think I kind of said it already, so sorry if I'm being redundant, but I think it's just looking for things to love. I think I know for me, um, I I have to create something all the time. I, I don't know what it is, but whether it's rearranging things on my wall in my home or cooking uh, something beautiful, uh, just looking for things to love. I think when you are grateful for even the tiniest details of things around you, that you just kind of fall in love with life and you fall in love with the beauty that's all around you that maybe you didn't acknowledge or see before. And when you see those things, you want to hold on to them. So even if it's like rainbows and soap bubbles or, um, how the flower uh, spreads out on the wooden table and and at, while you're making dough for your bread or um, just even I took a picture one time of my kids coming in from playing outside in the snow and they all took off their wet pants and their wet socks and their boots and their hats and gloves and left them in this gigantic dirty pile by the front door. But it was so beautiful because it reminded me of how much fun they had, which then also reminded me of how much fun I used to have as a kid um, playing outside. So I think just looking for even the things that are yucky that tell a story um, and just being thankful for what even those messes mean to you, I guess. Oh my gosh, you're so joyful. It's painful. (laughs) I love you so much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's so sweet. And and it's like so convicting to remind me that I just don't look at my life with so much, with with as as much love as I should every day to want to capture those moments. Uh, I mean, just take pictures of your dirty dishes in your sink that you have not put away shamefully for days because you haven't showered or gotten out of your jammies. I mean, that right there is so telling of that day and moment in your life. I know you are starting your, your business full time, um, after having worked at the school for so long. And I'm sure, I don't know if you're this way, I'm assuming you are, but when I get in a, like a creative, uh, place, like nothing else exists. I forget to eat. I forget that I have to go to the bathroom and I just want to create and it create, I mean, it also creates a disaster for my family. My husband will come home and be like, what did you do all day? Things like things just exploded. But those are so telling of your life at that time. And they're, it's disgusting that you haven't put your dishes away for a week, but you know what? Take a picture of it because that's exactly where you are right now. So I love it. All right. Last two questions. What is your favorite resource for creativity? Uh, I, this is a hard one for me to answer. I, a long, for a long time, I looked at Pinterest and Instagram for ideas, but I kind of moved away from it. Um, I don't, I don't, I feel like if I look for things to inspire me, I am the opposite of inspired. I am trying to force myself into this bubble or frame that other people have created. And that's not where I'm supposed to be. I'm moving myself away from, like I said, that moment that I'm in. So, um, as far as inspiration goes, I think it really just comes from, I know I'm such a broken record, but just being, 
being in the moment of what you're doing and wanting to to share and and savor that moment just the inspiration from everything that's around you the I, I know because I live in Europe it's easy for me to say like oh the cobblestone streets and the fresh food at the market but even not even that even if you're you know walking down the boringest street in the world and you find you know that nothing necessarily is beautiful there is something around you whether it's um the way the light bounces off of something or how your shadow looks on on the concrete or the grass or you know a broken down car anything anything around you can be seen as beautiful but you it's really how you look at it so i think my my creative resources are just whatever is happening around me and trying to find what is beautiful in that, if that makes sense. Yep. That is the theme for this season of the podcast. Everyone has told me just going outside is their, their resource, their favorite resource for creativity is just getting off the internet and getting into the world. Yep. Um, All right. And what is new with you? What can we be looking for? Where can we find you? Well, my current, website is a dumpster fire. So I am working on a new website and I have purchased a template, but now I need, I am trying to either outsource help or never sleep and get it taken care of. So, um, I feel so embarrassed asking people to look at my website. So don't do it. Okay. Just don't do it. You can go to my blog. I don't care about that or my Instagram or even friend me on Facebook if you want, but don't look at my disaster of a website. So that is coming up. And then I think I am, there's something new that I'm really interested in that I did not, I knew it existed, but I'm excited to check it out. I want to break into this, potentially break into this industry where, um, people hire photographers while they're on vacation to take photos of them I traipsing did around a city. You did that? Where did you do this? Yes. In, in the Thailand. Netherlands? Thailand. In Thailand. You dog. Oh my gosh. See, it was okay, incredible. So, Keep was going. it? Yes. No, it was, right? Yeah. I mean, because it was exactly who we are. Like we had our backpacks on. We were literally walking through a night street market, which is what we do. It was super crowded, but we got these incredible pictures. Oh, by the way, which someone I think stole and put in a travel magazine. In the magazine on the airplane. I remember you yes. telling me about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Um, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Please so I that. really especially because we're living in Europe and I, I don't, I know this sounds like really hoity toity, but you know, in Seattle where I'm from, when we drove for five hours, we'd end up in Spokane, but here we end up in Paris in five hours. And that's insane to me. What is this life? I can't even, I don't even know. So to be, um, I guess, accepted as a photographer that people might want to hire while they're on vacation and to be able to tell the story of their time in that city would just be a dream. I think it would be so fun not only would I be getting to meet new people, which I love, I love people, but I'd be getting to travel, which I also love. And I'd be getting to tell stories, which I also love. So it just would be a dream. So I'm really trying to get into that and see if I can make that happen while I'm over here um, in Europe. Okay. So So what do people need to do? Like if I'm traveling to Germany or, or wherever you are close enough, close enough to Germany that you can get there in a few hours, we just need to hit you up on your, not on your website. Buy me food and tell me I'm pretty and I'll show up and we'll take pictures of you. And, um, yeah, they could be on Instagram. They could message me through there. They could go through either my Facebook, Amy B photography, all, um, 
you know, you can connect with me there, email, anything, and just let me know where you're going to be and maybe it will work. It's crazy how cheap it is to get around in Europe. Um, we're, we're planning a trip to Morocco. I know that's not Europe, but we're planning a trip to Morocco and Ryanair flies there for 30 euros. So like $35 each way, which is insane cheap. Um, and I've, I flew to Poland to visit a friend at last minute notice. And I think I paid $20 per, uh, or per each way. So it's very inexpensive for people to get around sometimes in Europe. And I will drop, you know, whatever I'm doing for, for, jobs like that. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll make sure we get some people connected with you for that. Be awesome. Oh, goodness. Well, Amy, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And so this week on the how she creates hashtag, we want you to use some of Amy's tips and take pictures out on the street, take pictures of what, what you love, what's making you happy right now and share them with us on the, how she creates hashtags so that we can see what you're doing. Um, yeah. So we can't wait. I can't wait. Yep. I, oh, I can't wait to see this PS. This is my first podcast ever. And I only ever learned how to listen to podcasts like a couple weeks ago. So <laughs> this is blowing my mind right now. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Um, well, thank you so much for talking to us. Yes. Thank you for having me. What a joy. I can't even believe this. Yep. And you'll get to see Amy and I in action together next in, on Instagram in just a few weeks from when, when this comes out. So make sure that, yeah. that you catch up with us there. And if you want to be a super stalker, you can scroll really far back into my Instagram and maybe into Lauren's to see photos of us in uh, Korea together. We'll have to come up with a hashtag. I know. Seriously. All right. Goodbye. Thank you, friend. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you were as encouraged as I was to start taking more photos of your everyday life. Um, I hope you found a lot of the tips that Amy shared really, really helpful. And we cannot wait to see some of the pictures that you're going to take. So go get out in the world, take your pictures, and share them under the How She Creates hashtag so that we can see. And as always, you can find all the show notes and all the information you need to connect with Amy and anything that we talked about or referenced in the episode at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. And so we can't wait to see you next week for another amazing episode of How She Creates. Thank you for listening on How She Creates. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. I would love to see how you create. Share what you're making on Instagram using the hashtag HowSheCreates. If you love learning about creativity with me, please leave a review on iTunes and subscribe. Grab your art supplies and I'll meet you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates.